This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change with world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And today we're going to be talking about the inner critic and um, the negative dialogue that happens inside. And as a guest that we'll have about you know 20 minutes from now after the first commercial break, we have Karen Green. And Karen Green's business, Shadow Wisdom, actually focuses on busting the inner critic and um, being able to live inner critic free, which is such a phenomenal and important um, thing for all of us to, um, to learn. So once we are able to uh, kind of free ourselves from the control of this like inner critic or what I'm going to be talking about a little bit more, the, the negative inner dialogue, then um, we really become uh, liberated in so many ways. I'm able to step into our, our happiness, um, our fulfillment, our potential, our success. Um, it, it not only is uh, liberating in the sense of, of freeing up um, sort of energy that gets stuck up in processing and dealing with that kind of stuff. Um, but it also, um, that deeper connection and, um, more, um, aligned connection that we have with ourselves is, um, ultimately really, uh, where it's at. Um, those, that's the stuff that fulfillment and real true deep success, um, are made of. So that's the topic for today. Um, Let's see. So one of the things that I think is really important about dealing with this negative inner dialogue is, is to start to get a sense of when we are uh, talking, um, when we're hearing these, these things in our head, you know, whether it's like you drop something and you're like, oh, gosh, that was so stupid or clumsy or, um, whether, you know, you, um, are, you go to do something and it's just like, oh, you never do anything right, right? Like that, those kind of voices a lot of times are actually voices from our past. We, we heard them at some point in time. Someone told us that we were stupid, clumsy, uh, lazy, uh, in, inept in some way. And, um, and then that actually gets internalized and becomes our part of our inner dialogue. So one of the, the tools that I think is really wonderful about the, like, for working with this is, um, getting, figuring out who the, who's those voices are. Like, let's, let's just listen to ourselves and figure out, you know, if, you know, where did I learn this? Who, who said this to me? How did I, how did I come to think that if I make a mistake or, um, I, you know, uh, challenge myself that, um, you know, somehow, you know, how did I come to think that I was going to fail at that or that, um, there was something wrong with me. And the point is in, you know, one of the things that can happen sometimes is when we, when we look inside of ourselves and we recognize that, you know, a lot of the negativity was, was given to us by, by someone, you know, and, um, it, it can be easy to go to a place of blame. It can be easy to, um, to feel like a victim. And, um, actually it is, it's, you know, at any point in time, you know, regardless, um, it's just like we have the capacity to heal. So we're all, and I guess what I'm saying is we're all like um, a con- on a continuum of that. So, you know, what was passed down to us what by our parents that was passed down by their parents um, or anyone else that was instrumental in, in our life um, goes through these phases of healing. And when, when it arrives in our life, when we realize that we've taken on this burden of being... Um, 
you know, uh, of, of labeling ourselves in some negative way or holding ourselves back from being, you know, our, our full self. Um, so when we realize that, then uh, that we get to have, a, we get to bring in a little bit more healing, right? Just, and, and that's something that, um, you know, is done you know, little by little throughout the generations. So if we look at it, we're all in this together, um, you know, handing down both, you know, the pain and the healing. And there's, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of compassion to be had for the, for the human experience. So the point is not to blame. Right. The point is not to say you did this to me or anything like that. It's about clarity. The clarity that you get from understanding, you know, where your voices came from and, and why they might have such a, a really strong hold on you. And that's a completely different experience. That's, you know, I want to know so that I become more informed. Right. I become more, um, educated about, you know, how I've been shaped, um, you know, by the people in my life. Um, not so that I can stay in conflict, um, or blame or anything else like that. So what all that is for an exercise is actually listening to what's going on inside your head. And when you listen to what's going on inside your head, the first thing you notice is that you probably say some not so nice things to yourself, right? And then after kind of checking in with those not so nice things, if you really pay attention to them and listen to them, you are, um, you're going to notice that they actually sound like other people, it's kind of a fascinating thing. Sometimes it will sound like you. Sometimes it will sound like another person. And so find out who that person is. Right? Just to, to label it. Oh, okay. This is I incorporated. Sometimes it's not even something that someone said to you. It's something that they've carried, you know, um, you know, with a parent or something like that. Sometimes say they they have a really strong inner critic or or and they're struggling with their self-esteem. And so then that becomes something that they hand down in a way to you without ever really, um, you know, even having to say it. Maybe they even tried to do the opposite, but it still somehow got transmitted. So you want to see where is it that these 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 voices or these uh, cr- cr- uh, the inner critic, the voices of the inner critic, this negative dialogue, where did they originate? Um, and then y- you have a little bit of choice there. You know, as I say kind of over and over again is, um, you know, the first thing that you have, the first step in everything is to be able to bring your awareness to it. At the point that you can bring awareness to it, then you can bring in some kind of change. And there's a lot of different exercises around that about giving things back. You know, sometimes, um, you know, uh, family constellations work is a wonderful modality that deals with this. And sometimes just the, the act of imagining giving back something that isn't yours can be really helpful. And sometimes also it's like by recognizing how painful it's been for you to carry that, it allows you to connect with compassion to, you know, the person that maybe uh, said or did something that, you know, kind of brought you to carry it because they've suffered with it too. So really it can bring us in a place of, of really feeling much deeper compassion. So um, figuring that out, getting tuned in to where these voices are coming from helps us then be able to work with them in a different way. And and part of that is no longer identifying with them as ourselves. That's really, really key. Right? It is so much different to have a thought that is negative than to be whatever that thought is. And, and so that, that separation that's there gives us, um, room to, to change, to know that we have those thoughts. We might even have those characteristics. Um, but we are so much more than that. That is not our, that does not define us. 
So in addition to, you know, kind of determining or hearing where these, these voices come from, you know, uh, you know, the, the things that we've just learned to carry forward, you know, another form of learning actually is our habits, right? So we do, we do learn ways of thinking from, from people, or, you know, the people around us. But over time, you know, especially as we get older, um, we've developed ways of thinking about things. And one would be, you know, looking at a new situation and imagining a negative outcome, right? Um, or uh, like, I, I can never do something like that. I'm not that kind of person. You know, um, every time I, you know, reach out and try to make a connection with someone, something always goes wrong. Right. Or um, like these are the things that we've gotten used to believing and, and they become so strong that they, they, they shape our reality. They shape our everything that we can see. Sometimes we can't even see what's out there because of this. And I've talked about that in the form of, you know, uh, losing sight of, you know, the potential that can be there, like losing sight of that potential because we're so locked into perceiving things a certain way, right? So, so when we have that, like, you know, I am just such a klutz every single time, you know, I get something in my hands that can be broken. It's broken, right? And there are worse things to think about yourself than, than klutzy, um, for sure. And, that, you know, that kind of story leads then to focusing on all the times that when you get something in your hands, you easily drop it, you know, or, you know, you just can't work with computers, something like that. And then, and then even though there might be other types of experiences in there, right, <laughs> even though you could have had, you know, uh, 50 examples that are, you know, uh, contrary to you being clumsy um, and, you know, another 50 that are proving it, your mind is going to go in the direction of its habits, what it, what it, the way that it's come to think about things. So in some of the worst things is like, you know, assuming the worst, whether it's of ourselves or of another person's behaviors, right? Or, you know, also like thinking about a negative outcome, right? Like imagining that there's going to be a negative outcome. You know, I, I, I keep trying to, you know, grow my business or make a change at my job or something like that. And it never works out. And if you notice in what I've been saying, this never and always are really good clues that we are in a habit. Cause almost nothing is a, a never or an always. So we can use that, those words, things like that, um, to actually wake us up a little bit and to be a little bit more aware about the fact that we've, we're, we're in a groove. We're in a pattern. We've, we've started thinking in a, in a, in a way that maybe is not serving us. And quite honestly, even really positive habits of thinking can be limiting in some ways. But they're also, they're going to be more likely to connect us with positive outcomes, with opportunities, um, with just in, in general, help us have a positive experience. So, um, you know, in a little bit here, um, we're going to take a break and I'm going to be bringing on Karen Green, like I said, to talk about, um, you know, the inner critic and specifically how you can work with the inner critic to be able to, you know, clear up some of that jumble that's inside that that can stop you from really being able to be, you know, your full, your full and complete self. I want to remind you that um, you can call in 
and ask questions. And the telephone number is 1-877-230-3062. So that's 877-230-3062. Uh, in that number, you can call in and ask anything you like about, you know, kind of the negative inner dialogue or how that shows up for you and what you might be able to do about it. Because real-time examples are, are some of the most helpful in, in understanding how to get out of some of these traps that we get into. You know, being able to see how another person has found their way out or has been able to create something uh, different for themselves. That really is, is instrumental in, in helping us all. All right, so we're going to take a commercial break, and that will be, um, and we'll come back with Karen Green from Shadow Wisdom, and I will be talking to you in just a few. is your chance to be part of the show. Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guests. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. Author and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K A T E S I N E R.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And in the first part of the show, we were talking a little bit about how to work with your inner dialogue, um, your inner negative dialogue, and specifically in recognizing when, you know, the voices, the voices in your head are not really your voices. They're actually things that you picked up from other people along the way, and then creating that degree of separation by acknowledging that. And then also habits of thinking that you can get into that then, um, you know, sort of hold you in that more negative space. But for now, we've got Karin Green from Shadow Wisdom. And um, Karin is a shadow work facilitator and um, a transformational coach and a really, really wonderful, wonderful person. So it's fabulous to have her on the show today. It's fabulous to have you on the show today, Karin. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. Great. And uh, one of the things um, that I always like to start with when someone comes on is a little bit about um, what brought you to the work that, that you're doing now so that, so that people can understand sort of the unfolding of a person. That's what I, I, I you know, I want to highlight here is that, you know, there's reasons we become who we are and both our positive parts of our story and our negative parts of story are so instrumental in that, that unfolding. Um, so that's 
why I ask these questions at the beginning when I have a guest. And um, I would love for you to answer that question, Karen. Um, well, I what I do is I help people bust their inner critic. And how I got to that is really from having a very strong inner critic myself. Right. And uh, my dad was racing me the best way that he knew how to. And it was by always questioning my motives and always assuming that I had not thought of everything that could be thought of myself. Mm -hmm. So he would just keep asking me more questions. He would even question my ability to decide something as simple as how far in advance did I have to leave his house to get to the bus stop to Mm -hmm. get on the bus on time? Mm -hmm. Right. And what I wanted was to be validated and appreciated I really mm-hmm. wanted him to tell me that I was doing good and that he was proud of me, like me, just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad has not really been in my life since I became an adult, but his voice has always been in my head. I was mm-hmm. always questioning myself, always second-guessing my decisions, never really feeling like I knew what I wanted Mm-hmm. And as I got older, this voice became my own. Mm-hmm. And it became like, this is just the way I am. Just like you were talking about before. It's like it's a mm-hmm. habit and it becomes just who I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my early 40s, I had some really personal difficult times in my life. And at this point, I signed up and went through a woman's empowerment program called Priestess Path with Elisa Starkweather, Mm -hmm. and she introduced me to something called shadow work and also to the idea that I can be more than what I was and that this voice that was second-guessing myself in my head might not even be my voice, Mm -hmm. right? So the uh, transformational experiences that I had in Priestess Path made me completely rethink my life. Mm-hmm. And not being driven by fear anymore or by these these uh, second-guessing of myself, it was like the whole world opened up. Like mm-hmm. I could do anything I put my mind to. Mm-hmm. So I started training to become a certified shadow work facilitator. And I also trained with UK to become a transformational coach. Mm-hmm. And last year, I finally quit my job as a laboratory manager and started my own coaching business, Shadow Wisdom, where I really focus on helping mostly women silencing this inner critic. Uh, yeah. Great. Fantastic. So like, just for people who maybe are not familiar um, or would benefit from it being clarified, um, what, what, how would you define the inner critic? To me, the inner critic is that voice. Um, and in my head, the sound that the way it was sounding like in my head, it's like, you don't really know what you're doing. You better be quiet because they all going to find out that I have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, be small. That way you won't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a voice that keeps, um, this, this keeps, uh, keeps us down, keeps us safe. Uh, the way I look at the inner critic it's often a way to, it, like, we weren't born with this voice. This, this mm-hmm. voice did not, we didn't come out of the uterus with this voice, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? This voice came online at some point to protect us from painful experiences. And mm-hmm. it started protecting us as when we were small children, And as an adult, we carry this inner critic still protecting us as if we are still a child. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important for people, people to know that and that, that inner critic, like this is, there's, there's a lot of different ways to work with the inner critic. And what, what I hear you really setting up is that, um, you know, this, it's like the, the power and the the positive side actually first of all of the inner critic the fact that it really did come to protect us and that that story then um maybe we don't need that kind of protection anymore but that um inner critic is still acting as if we're the small child that needs protection right 
And so we often find ourselves then with the inner critic is telling us not to do something right. and we're kind of bumping up against it. And like in, in, and in the society we live in today, especially in the American culture, it's, we supposed to go and do things. It's a, it's a culture of doing like you mm-hmm. go for it, go for the top, go for this and go for that. And then you find yourself, um, I'm in not able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like this, this inner critic might also show up not just as a voice, but as a confusion mm-hmm. or as numbness or as uh, procrastination. Right. Right. right? Yeah. And I mean, then it's, sorry. I was actually thinking that, you know, I mean, that's such an important thing to know because, you know, we can say that there's this inner critic dialogue, but, you know, I know that not everyone hears that dialogue inside, that it, it does show up as a, a feeling response and that it, it takes some listening to hear the dialogue and to kind of uncover what that is and, and then some attention given to those feelings to kind of recognize that, Oh, look, this is what it's like when my inner critic is, is at play. Right. I'm actually working with, with, um, uh, well, I had one client and she would get dizzy. Mm -hmm. Like, like she wouldn't really hear a voice in her head, but she would just get dizzy and lightheaded so that she couldn't do something or that she couldn't move forward on certain aspects of her life. And when we, when we, uh, when we really work with this dissonance and started really diving into what was this dissonance about, then we started getting the voice. And, um, of course it wasn't her own voice. Right. 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 It was her mother's voice. Right. So that's, that's really great. I would say dizziness. Sometimes when people, um, they'll get, they'll, sometimes it's headaches. Sometimes people will get sick. You can have physical symptoms as well as emotional symptoms, right? Right. Um, sometimes like avoidance or procrastination. Those could also be things that might show up. Yep. So what would you say is like, you know, how would you say that self-work and the inner critic, like how, how are they related? Uh, self-worth, self-worth is kind of, um, it's different from um, self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a lot of self-confidence and not much self-worth. Self-worth, it's, it's about uh, knowing who you are no matter who you are with. Yeah, that's so key. So absolutely key. You know, that ability to, you know, know, like kind of like know deep down inside that you have value and significance and, um, you know, to really be able to know yourself. Uh, versus um, that confidence, which might be, I can do this. I can, I can do, you know, what it is that I, um, you know, kind of, I intend to do. It seems like. Um, we might have lost Karn here for a second. So um, I want to just highlight where we're waiting for her to come back. I'd like to just highlight um, that piece about um, self-worth um, versus uh, um, that piece about self-worth versus self-confidence. Because, I mean, sometimes topics, um, sometimes topics get come up that I think, oh my gosh, this is like a whole show. That could be a whole series of shows, right? Where, you know, you sort of like, well, what is really that difference between that sense of, you know, um, I can do it and that sense of I have this deep intrinsic value, right? I'm back. 
Yeah. I don't know what happened. I disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just talking a little bit more about self-worth versus self-confidence. I was saying that I think that it's just such an incredibly important topic. Topics come up as I'm, as I'm talking with people or I'm talking (laughs) and I think, wow, like, I mean, I could do a whole series on that or I could, you know, talk about that for an entire show just because it's so valuable to be able to understand, um, what those distinctions are. Right. So, so I was going to, I don't know how much you heard of it, but I was going to tell the story about how, how the self-worth is kind of tied to how you feel about yourself in the moment. Yes. Yeah. Right. Actually, you did share that. That's awesome. All right. And and if you have high self-worth, you feel the same about yourself, no matter who you're with and what your situation is. Right. But if you have low self-worth, if you're in a situation where there's people that have more knowledge, more, uh, more, more of whatever it is that you feel you're lacking, mm-hmm. you kind of rate yourself on a lower scale. You don't feel as good about yourself as if you might be with people who, who uh, know less than you do. So, so it's almost like you're rating yourself differently depending on who you're with if your self-worth is low. Right, because you're making an evaluation um, based on a comparison with another person versus an understanding and connection to your own intrinsic value. Right. And so when your self-worth is low, your inner critic tends to get louder and it starts to make you feel worth, worse about yourself and it becomes almost impossible to feel good about anything you're doing or saying. So mm-hmm. one way to tone down the inner critic is to practice developing some positive self-worth. Mm-hmm. Really like bring up and increase your self-worth. And with the increased self-worth, the volume and the ferocity of the inner critic just kind of gets tuned down. So I, I see them as intimately tied together. Yes, but yes, absolutely. And that, um, you know, I... I I really, I think that that's another, such an, another important point where, you know, when you're looking at how can I get out of, um, you know, a challenging, you know, problem that I have or way of being that I have or whatever. And there's one part is confronting the problem and doing things to change, transform, decrease the problem. But the other piece is always the cultivation of that deeper sense of well-being or worth or value or connectedness. It's all the positive things and really learning to, um, to develop those is just as important right. as challenging the, say, challenging, directly challenging the inner critic. Right, right. And I also look at self-worth as something that we're not, we're not really born with it. It's something that we're taught and it's something that we need to continue practice throughout our lives. It's kind of like a muscle. If you don't use it, it atrophies. Right. 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 So it's like to continually mm-hmm. practice and, and kind of flexing this um, self-worth muscle. Awesome. Yeah. And so what would you say are some of the tools that you use with your clients to kind of help them bust their inner critic? Um. Well, one of the, the, one of the most helpful tools that I find, I'm going to come back to this self-worth because I have a really great tool for that one too. But the one that I find work, works the best is to start to rewrite your story. And you were talking about this, Kate, mm-hmm. about how we get locked into perceiving things in a certain way and it becomes mm-hmm. a habit of thinking. And I want to tell a story about one of, how I have rewritten one of my stories. And that is, uh, my husband often rearranges the dishwasher after I fill it up. Mm-hmm. Right? And he removes stuff to hand wash things that I think is totally fine to go through the wash, but, but he, he thinks they need to be hand washed. And this really used to infuriate me. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like he was judging me and belittling me. And I felt like he was saying that I didn't know how to do it right. Mm -hmm. 
And so when he did this, it would really destroy my mood for the evening and it would often lead to us having not very fun disagreements later that night. Mm-hmm. So I started working on changing my story. So I decided, and this is like I decided in my head that he is rearranging the dishwasher because he really cares about me and about our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that it's important to him to create a beautiful and loving home for the two of us to be in together. And one of the ways that he does this is by taking really good care of our kitchenware. Mm-hmm. Right? And honestly, I am not careful in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He is much better in the kitchen than I am. Mm-hmm. So what happened with me changing my story is now that every time that he rearranges a dishwasher... My heart just fills with love for this amazing man. And with my heart filled with love, we end up having great conversations and lovely Mm -hmm. evenings together. Right. And so he did nothing different. All Mm -hmm. I did was to change my story. And with that, our time together has become so much more enjoyable. Right. And so... So so often we're perceiving another person as doing something negative. And in fact, it might be neutral or even positive. And um, the ability to, to, you know, pause and just say, well, what if, what if I were to look at this differently? What if I were to willing to see something positive here instead right. of something negative? I love that story. I think it's fantastic. So, you know, we're, we're running up on the, the end of our time together. And, um, I would like for people to be able to have, um, you know, to be able to get in contact with you. And I think you actually have something to offer them as well. Um, can you say a little bit about that? I do. And this is one of the tools that I use with, with all my clients. It's a workbook that I have created. And it's, it's, it's about self-worth and it's about how to flex that, that muscle. Like I, I was talking about how self-worth is not something you're born with. It's something that you're taught and that you need to continue to practice this muscle all through your life. So I created a workbook to, to, to help you flex this muscle called self-worth. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to start the journey on silencing the inner critic and this is a workbook that you can don- download for free at, are you ready for a URL? Yes. It's www.shadowwisdom.com slash real answers, just like this radio show, R-E-A-L-A-N-S-W-E-R-S. Great. So shadow wisdom slash real shadow, answers. Shadowwisdom.com. Shadowwisdom.com forward slash real answers. That's right. Okay, great. That's fantastic. So and that is an opportunity for people to be able to, you know, learn how to strengthen their own sense of self-worth. Yeah. It's Beautiful. An, it's an easy journaling technique that, that works really well. Awesome. Um, and I would offer, use it for a week and let me know how it's working for you. And uh, feel free to contact me at Karen at shadowwisdom.com. That is K-A-R-I-N at shadowwisdom.com. One word. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much. And it's been awesome having you on the show. And we are going to go to a commercial break and we'll be back for the end of the show. Thank you, Kate. craving positive change in an area of your life, dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected, internationally recognized author and facilitator Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. 
Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesigner.com. All right, this is Dr. Kate Siner. This is Real Answers Radio Show. And we were just talking to Karen Green about um, busting your inner critic and specifically um, what we can do to cultivate self-worth and to rewrite our stories. And before the before uh, Karin came on, um, I was actually talking about you know some crossover areas with us. Um, you know, we were talking about you know voices from the past. We were talking about habits of thinking, and you know, I want to go back on um, in talking about this kind of like this negative dialogue in in slightly different terms now. And one is looking at uh, the company we keep. Right. So what is it like? Who are the people that we're surrounded by? Because they're going to make a huge difference in what our inner dialogue is. Right. So part of it is doing our own inner work. But then the other part of it is what do we build and create in our life, whether it's via relationship or via, um, you know, uh, situations um, that um, supports us? in having a more positive dialogue. So if we're around people who are willing to be um, clear and honest and build us up and believe in us, even if they have, you know, challenging things to say, uh, you can still really build someone up and deliver, you know, challenging information. So when people are on our side, we can feel it. And that definitely goes a long way in um, in helping us work with those negative inner dialogues. So you can make a choice to be around people who are doing their work, who are willing to be confront their own inner critics um, and, and do that powerful work, and uh, who are happy, you know, or at least really striving to be happy. And that is all going to have a big effect on your... Um, you know, the way that you think. And that goes down to a lot of different things. Like what are, you know, I mean, what are the radio shows that you're listening to or what are you watching on TV or what kind of magazines are you reading? All of that kind of environmental information that we bring in influences our, you know, ability to be positive or negative. So um, just like um, we might have had negative thinking sort of put in place when we were younger, we can really keep it in place. We can really keep it in place when we are, um, you know, uh, surrounded by really um, negative people. And actually, um, you know, Karin's just reminding me here that, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And people say that about you financially. It's also true emotionally that, that that's sort of where you set your level, that average of those five people. So um, uh, that's the company we keep, working on our, our negative self-talk, our inner dialogue, the other thing that can really affect us is um, stress and strain of life, right? So if we get run down or allow ourselves to get run down, then our uh, bad habits are going to come to the surface, right? That's when we're most likely to show those. 
So that's why I emphasize self-care so much. Why it's so important that, you know, physically you're taking care of yourself, emotionally you're taking care of yourself. Really, it's on all levels. I mean, cultivating more positive states, all of that helps us combat these this regular stress and strain. And as Karen was saying when she was on the uh, show, you know, uh, American culture are very focused on doing, you know, and um, when you're focusing on doing all the time, if you're not cultivating that deep sense of care and that deep sense of self-worth, it can really take its toll over time. Okay. So when we get run down, um, our negative patterns of thinking are are very likely to take over. And that, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right? That those are most likely times that you're going to then, you know, say your addiction is going to be more active. Um, those are also the times that you're more likely to indulge in other habits that are not helpful. Making a point of um, caring for yourself and um, and using. So this is always another thing that I I, I I make a point of saying is that if, if it's not so much about like looking at the difficult uh, the problem, you know, like the the negative thinking or you know the negative inner dialogue. It's not even so much uh, about just uh, focusing. On that, but it's about using it as a cue. So you wake up the moment that you feel that negativity or that pain. And in, instead of remaining a con- unconscious, so you become sensitized to the fact that there is, you know, this negative pattern that's taking hold. And then you use it as a cue to deliberately do something that is um, more positive. So in this particular case, when I'm talking about stress and strain, when you start to see those negative habits happening, one of the places to look and say, am I really taking care of myself? Have I been paying attention to, you know, my basic and, you know, needs and my deeper connection with myself because if you haven't been then you know it's possible to make an adjustment get a good night's sleep eat some good food make sure you're drinking some water get some exercise all these things you know spend time with a friend you know connection relationship is extremely important for our overall um well-being so so our our negative inner dialogue, right, is like this this persistent, kind of persistent uh, way of thinking. We're going to specifically relate it to that. It's this persistent way of thinking that is limiting and restrictive. It stops us from doing things. It stops us from being able to embrace our potential. And it hangs up a lot of... Uh, it hangs up a lot of our energy um, in in the 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 dealing with it, the muscling through of the problems, and it's not unlike other challenge points that we have inside, right? They 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 show up the same way. It's like when we have these, whether it's negative thinking or we have sort of in a you know a, a disconnection with ourself or an emotion that is you know per. Per, um, pervasive, you know, like an anxiety or a depression or anger, you know, something like that. When, when we have those things, they're all kind of signs and symptoms of not being able to sort of be in and fu- fully express who we are, really f- have that fulfillment, um, really have that deep connection. And all of that ultimately moves us into a, um, a, a place of greater um, success, right? And the sense of redefining our success. So um, one of the things that I think is really, really um, critical 
to um, pay attention to when it comes to our negative inner dialogue, which is a little different than, you know, what's inside of us or what our environment's like. I want to look at how we are give that inner, inner dialogue, negative inner dialogue to other people um, in the form of restricting them, kind of like what Karen was saying with her, um, her father. Um, you know, her father's way of looking at the world and that, that restriction on himself was part of what he passed down to her. And so we all do that as well. We all take our own, you know, negativity or uh, things that we think are impossible and we start to impose them on other people. And very often we do that with the people closest to us, whether they're our partners or our children, um, our family. And so in that, there's a, there's a, a willingness if you don't look at what that negative inner dialogue, there's a, 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 it's easy then to just sort of pass it on to other people. So one of the things that we do really and, you know, why I think that personal development work is so deeply transformational is um, in not just transformational in ourselves, but transformational in the world is because when we do our own inner work and we start to look at something like our, our inner critic, uh, that negative dialogue inside, then what we stop sort of giving that to other people. So one of the things to to pay attention to when it when it comes to our our inner dialogue is you can pay attention to what are the things that we're saying or um you know to the people around us. That can be another point of awareness. Right? How do I shut people down? How do I, you know, how is it that sometimes I might, you know, rain on someone's parade, so to speak? And and what if I was willing to um, just hold myself for a moment? I think that that's a really great place to take a pause. You know, and the pause is just, okay, let me stop here. Let me take a look at what I'm doing. Do I really need to say that? Is that actually helpful or supportive in any way? Where does that come from inside of me? You know, and when you ask that question, where does that come from inside of me? Then, you know, you can go back on and work at some of these other uh, things that I was talking about or that Karin was talking about. So that's a little bit today about working with your own negative inner dialogue. Um, absolutely check out um, Karin's resource. If you want more tips on this, you can also find my book, Real Answers, on Amazon. Um, and that gives you a lot of tips for, um, you know, all sorts of forms of personal development, a lot of the stuff that we talk on uh, about on this show. So I want to thank you for t- tuning in this week. Um, I look forward to connecting with you next week um, on Real Answers. And um, yeah, have a have a great have a great week. Um, I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help. 